Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. A heart-racing documentary portrait of Carl Banish, the father of base jumping movement whose early passion for skydiving led him to ever more spectacular and dangerous feats. A foot, a feats afoot launched human flight, experienced his jaw-dropping journey in life and in love to the pinnacle of his achievement when he and his wife, Jean, broke the base jumping Guinness world record in 1984 on the Norwegian Trollwall mountain range. We are joined today by the director of this wonderful new documentary called Sunshine Superman, and that would be Mara Strock. Mara, welcome to film school. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. This is just such an entertaining and uh, thrilling uh, subject and, and just a really well-told story. Tell me a little bit about how you got introduced into the world of Carl Banish. Well, my uncle was a base jumper and an aerial cinematographer um, in the late 80s. And he had some of the films of Carl Banish um, that he'd collected uh, because he was studying them to learn more about uh, aerial cinematography. He actually died in a car accident um, uh, and left behind a lot of this footage. And so I was able to find this footage and, you know, eventually find Jean Banish, um, who is uh, the widow of Carl Banish, and she had all of Carl's footage and, you know, all this amazing stuff uh, that I spent many years kind of sifting through and, and, and finding the story. It's remarkable footage. I mean, uh, putting aside the obvious, which is the as you say in the in the intro, I said in the intro, the jaw dropping uh, sort of footage of him jumping, he and Gene jumping from these rem- more remarkable from Yosemite and off of buildings and all the rest of it. It's the stuff, the other stuff that's just very cool to see. You know his life, and he did seem to document an awful lot of his life, which for a documentary filmmaker had to have felt like you 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 hit gold. Uh, it, it's it's great stuff. And uh, what did you think when you when you first sort of stumbled across it? As you did, you immediately start thinking, you know, I think we've got a, a documentary here. Or what was your what were you thinking when that happened? When you saw this? Well, thing? it's funny. You know, my background is not in documentary filmmaking. I was a visual artist at the time, mm-hmm. and I just kind of followed uh, followed the thread of this footage. I didn't know that it was going to become uh, a a larger scale documentary when I found this footage at all. I just thought it was amazing footage and it needed to be saved mm-hmm. because at the time it was housed in his old studio and you know when you walked in it smelled kind of like vinegar um, which is a sign that it's uh, going yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, so I kind of found this thing that kind of felt like it was a bit of a sinking ship um, in terms of this footage and I really wanted to save it. So. Um, I ended up really just falling in love with the footage and, um, you know, really wanting to be a part of the effort to make sure that it survived. And then I was like, oh, my goodness, this this really is a larger story, particularly as I started talking to Gene Banish. I just realized, you know, that th- this was really an amazing story. And 
Um, this footage was, you know, documentation of this amazing story. So um, it, I just felt very passionate about it. And then eventually I brought on uh, Josh and Dan Braun, who are executive producers on the project, and they run Submarine. Um, and they really felt like it could be a great documentary. And I really didn't, didn't know that at the time. But we started working with them, and, you know, we eventually, um, we eventually got it financed, and we, we made it as a film. Well, I'm, you, let's back up just a, <clears throat> a little bit in that story, because obviously you, you uh, help me out here, you knew, you got to know Gene through, I mean, you, how well did you know your uncle? I mean, were you, did you know what he was doing at the time? How, how old were you when he passed away? So, so you had some... Um, well, I was actually in college um, for for environmental science when my uncle passed away, but I um, I, I I found this footage a bit later. Um, so I uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a great discovery. And I my dad is a pioneer rock climber, and my uncle was really big in the skydiving community okay. um, and also the base jumping community. I didn't really know that at the time, mm. um, which. You know, he talked about it in passing, but I never saw any of his films. Um, he was an amazing cinematographer in his own right, and, you know, um, it was really exciting to kind of get to know him a bit more through his footage. Um, uh, so, you know, I was getting to know Carl, but I also got to know my uncle a bit more. Now, that's interesting. And by the way, uh, to your point, both Carl and, as you were talking about your uncle, were the, the footage is remarkable. I mean, mm. and considering the technology at the time that they were doing this would be by today's standards primitive. So they they were really kind of in, I would say inventing maybe too strong a word, but they were certainly refining the technology that existed in in the 1980s and, and 90s uh, to do to be able to do this in a in a way that produced the look and and the and the. the feeling like you're inside you're actually doing this jumping in some of this footage it's pretty remarkable stuff so they did some great work you're right as, as just as cinematographers yes um and carl was an electrical engineer so he was able to really modify the cameras and um he was creating i mean he was creating all of this aerial cinematography for the first time it really hadn't been done before at all I'd say, looking at the footage, it looks like he invented the the prototype for the GoPro, which has become ubiquitous, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, you know, a very, very, um, yeah, I mean, the kind of prehistoric <laughs> version of the GoPro, yeah. but yes. <laughs> and I'm curious about, about the relationship that you struck up with uh, Carl's wife, Jean, uh, mm -hmm. and in what what was her reaction sort of in, in initially to your overtures to not only see the, f the, the footage, but also to begin the, to explore the possibility of doing a, a documentary about Carl? Um, Jean was very open. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of about getting to know each other, um, which, you know, the story hadn't been written. And I think that, you know, whenever you're talking to somebody that doesn't realize that they are such a big deal, I mean, Jean's such a modest, uh, really humble person. So, you know, I'm here trying to do this thing, and I, I don't think that she really realized, you know, what a big project it would be. And, um, you know, but she was very gracious and very accommodating. And, you know, um, um, I think it took a while for us to get to know each other, but I think that she's always been um, a really 
uh, active participant and, you know, really given me everything that she had to give. And, you know, I, I couldn't be more grateful for 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 how wonderful she was to, to work with. Well, she comes across, as, as, as you said, she's a very grounded person, very sweet. She seems to really be embracing of... Uh, of the project, based on what I saw in the in the interviews, and um, just a a really um, supportive. It does. It feels like that in the film, and and her that sort of the the breadth of her particular um, emotional um, reactions to, to the things that happen to Carl and to herself, and we'll get mm. into that a little bit. Uh, are you know are they seem very heartfelt, and it really adds a lot to the film. But I want to go back and talk a little bit about Carl. We really haven't described what sort of a personality, what a kind of a evangelical zeal he had for what <laughs> he was doing and the kind of person he was. Let's talk a little bit about him as a person and his personality and his ability to attract people to what he was doing. I mean, in the film, you know, he's described as a geyser, as a <laughs> pied piper, as a, you know, he's got this kind of infectious energy that really got people excited. And it was totally genuine you know it wasn't put on it wasn't um manufactured i mean he was really genuine in his enthusiasm and his um kind of you know zeal for what he was doing i mean he really he really believed in in his mission and he really wanted to share the joy with with everybody else okay you said his mission how would you describe in your own words what would you describe his mission as I think his mission was, I mean, he was very much a filmmaker, which is an interesting thing. Um, you know, he, he really, I think he loved skydiving, and I think he loved base jumping. But I think even more what excited him was being able to share it with others. So he found this activity really a beautiful, wonderful activity to participate in. But he wanted to figure out a way that he could share this with, with everybody, so the way to do that is to film it. And, you know, this was before people were kind of filming action sports, like we had mentioned. And I think a lot of his motivation was was to share this and, and you know, make these films. So, I mean, he even says during the film that he probably wouldn't be as interested in, as interested in base jumping and skydiving if it wasn't for the camera. And I think that's very much true. Um, I also think that, you know, he legitimately, I think legitimately he loved base jumping. He loved hanging out with, with base jumpers, people who who were excited by this activity. I mean, he he loved having that kind of group of friends, and, and um, you know, I think it was very exciting for him to share this footage with his friends. How would you describe his personality? Because I think that's an important part of what we're talking about here. He seemed outgoing. What 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 words would you use? To sort of... <laughs> he was outgoing. He was a bit of a nerd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was, um, you know, he was also really reflective. He he played, you know, concert level piano. Yes. Um, he was a bit of a genius. I mean, he was an electrical engineer. Um, he was, you know, he was kind of an iconoclast. I mean, he was just in a really original. Um, really uh, vivacious and really kind human being. Kind of a, to me, strikes me as the right guy in the right place at the right time. Well, he made himself that. Yeah, you know, he, yeah. He really, yeah. I think more than anything, he, he worked really hard 
to do that. I mean, it was kind of a combination of being at the right time at the right place and being ready to be at the right time in the right place. So, you know, he, he was very entrepreneurial in, in what he did, I think. Yeah. We're speaking with Mara Strock. The, uh, she's the director of this wonderful documentary coming out in theaters today as we speak here. It's March. I'm sorry, March. May, pardon me, May 22nd. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's Screening in New York. Let's run down it quickly because people are listening from all over the world, of course, uh, to film school. So it's opening at the Empire 25 in New York City, AMC. um, Also appropriately playing at the Sunshine Cinema West in New York City, as well as uh, Landmark 12 here in Los Angeles. Um, Are you in town? Here or where I, I am. I'm in Los Angeles, and I'll be doing a Q&A um, tonight. And actually, Gene Banish will be there tonight and tomorrow night, um, oh. and also Sunday matinee. So we're, we're going to be down at the Landmark um, oh. on Fan- Pico, Fan- and it's going to be super cool. Fantastic. So, okay, so I've got yeah. it here in front of me. It, uh, tonight at the 720 screening... And also, you'll introduce the the 10 p.m. screening, and as it says here, you'll be yes, just what you said. That is true. <laughs> yeah, and then also, uh, you'll it looks like you'll be Gene uh, will be there on Sunday for mm-hmm. the 2:40 screening, and again, this is the the uh, uh, the landmark on Pico, terrific theater complex, um, at and in, uh, in Los Angeles, and then it looks like you've got your producers fanned out all over the country here, uh, Eric. Uh, Rugerman and Phil Mayfield will be at the uh, Sunshine Cinemas on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday as well. You can go to um, Mag Pictures and find out more. There's the website for Sunshine Superman is there or the listing for all of this. Um, there's not an is there an individual separate uh, website for Sunshine Superman, Mara, or is that? Real? I mean, we go a lot off of our Facebook, which okay. is great because you know we have a, and which is just Sunshine Superman. If you look it up on Facebook, gotcha. and um, we keep up to date on a lot of information about the film and where we're releasing. I mean, we're opening, you know, much wider on May 29th. Right. So right. you know, it's there'll be a lot of cities added, and there's cities added all the time, which is. Super exciting! So it's, it's really going pretty wide for a doc. It's yeah, it's going real wide on the 29th, including across the street from where I'm sitting here in, in the city of Irvine at the University Town Center, uh, all over California, across the country as well, and continues. You're right, June 5th, it it rolls out into more theaters all around the country. Can, looks like my God, a nice run uh, in the in a day and age when it's so competitive, the marketplace for films and particularly for documentaries, it's always. A, a bit tough to get to crack that uh, that distribution level to get into a lot of theaters. It looks like you've done a remarkable job. You and Ma- Magnolia Pictures have done a remarkable job of getting this film out. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. Well, um, and let's see, what else was I going to say? And um, the reviews have been fantastic as well. Uh, I think you're 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which... For some Close people, that. <laughs> but, you, know, yeah. it's, you don't want to be a hundred percent because then people are suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So, um, let, and now we've talked a little bit about Carl and Jean, and there's there's a number of other people involved that have were an integral part of is sort of making base jumping what it became, what it's become today. Um, what. Talk to us a little bit about some of the choices that Carl made, um, and one of I guess the show one of the sort of central pieces of Sunshine Superman is the the uh, the show the Guinness Book of World Records show that 
was hosted by was it was it David Frost that hosted that? David Frost, and we have early footage of Kathy Lee Gifford in there too. Yeah, so, yes. I'd forgotten. <laughs> I'd for, completely forgotten about the show's existence, and then, and there it was, and there's Carl uh, attempting to set the world record for jumping off what a mountain or just the the longest jump in 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 recorded history is basically it's the right. longest base jump in recorded history that he was uh you know it was the guinness book of world record for the highest base jump yes which brings me back to a part of the story that again sort of for there's there'll be, inevitably it will be people who are listening to this will say that name sounds so familiar well there was a time in sort of the 80s and into the 90s where carl was a real celebrity i mean people he was on Donahue's show, he was on, obviously, this Guinness Book um, show. He, uh, was it uh, the guy from uh, Wheel of Fortune? I, I'm just forgetting. Uh, Pat Sajak. Pat Sajak. <laughs> he had a show interviewing him. He was a deal. And everywhere that he and, and, and Carl and his cadre went, to Houston and to all these different places, it was a big deal. Were you? Did you remember any of that? Was that something that was kind of new to you? I, I don't know how you know how old you are, but it was. I, I do remember <laughs> well, this. I, I was, yeah, I was not of the age where I would have uh, been able to see that or, yeah. or known about it. But um, <laughs> of course, it was very exciting to find the VHS tapes of this. <laughs> and in some cases, you know, all we had was you yeah. know a three quarter tape or a VHS tape or what have you. Sometimes not even the networks had copies of those so it was really kind of a treasure hunt to find you know this material yeah there's a local la based newscast that that the reporter was out looking it was interviewing carl and kind of documenting his activities it was pretty pretty cool pretty cool <laughs> well i'm curious about the reaction within uh, the uh the base jumping community how have they em- embraced the film um, it's been wonderful. I, I can't I can't tell you how embracing and wonderful the base jumping community has been to the film. And you know, to me, that means a lot. I didn't know what the reaction would be, um, of course. And um, kind of being able to be a film that appeals, you know, to you know critics, which is great, but also appeals to like you know the the people that this film is about. Yeah. Um, was really satisfying to me, and you know, I'm I'm so excited that so many people are coming for the opening, and you know, there's mm-hmm. people are kind of organizing screening parties all over the country that are base jumpers, and you know, we couldn't be more happy with kind of the outpouring of affection for the film. Yeah, I, I think in addition to being a real popcorn kind of movie, it's just a fun thing to watch, just to sort of see and. Imagine yourself, you know, jumping off the face of a mountain and try to put yourself in the in the shoes of Carl and 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 Jean and the people, who, other people who did it. But it's also, and I don't think we really uh, described it enough that it's a love story between Carl and Jean, and kind of an unlikely pair, at least from the outside looking in, and yet genuine affection, genuine. It, there's a genuine connection you can see in in them and and the way that they. Uh, they come across in the film. Yeah, I mean, I always like to describe it as kind of a love story against the backdrop of base jumping, because (laughs) I think that, um, you know, their story is so central to the film that I was really interested in making. And to me, it was really kind of the heart and soul of the story. And, um, you know, I I really wanted to kind of capture that. I really um, responded to it. And, you know, they were just... I think such a perfect match. I mean, yeah, they were kind of, 
you know, wherever the other one had something that was missing, the other one could kind of fill it in. I mean, they really were, um, you know, a, a really good coupling. Yeah, it's, she definitely seemed to be um, the ballast to his uh, his predilection for adventure and definitely de- death-defying feats. Um, and but she embraced it. It wasn't as if she she was with him. And and it's, it's one point in the film she said, "You know, we're professionals." You know, and her sort of reaction. I don't want to give any too much away here, but her reaction uh, at reactions and her and her um activities what she chose to do at the end of the f- uh, the film is uh, remarkable and uh, truly moving to watch you did a great job with framing yeah. that part of the story yeah i mean it it's to me it was just such a a beautiful m- moment and you know just i think that um uh it was really interesting. We couldn't find any archival footage of it, but the only thing we could find was these kind of black and white stills. And I think it's, you know, it's just to me such a, such an amazing thing. And she's such a strong, kind of graceful person. And you know, I I learned a lot just 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 by being around her. You know. Well, all my best <clears throat> to you and to Sunshine Superman and to Jean uh, tonight uh, and tomorrow night. So Friday night and Saturday night at the Landmark Theater in Los Angeles off of Pico. The screening at 7.20, and you'll be introducing the film at 10 o'clock as well. I urge, just go up and see it. It's a great documentary. And the opportunity to talk to not only yourself, but also to talk to Jean, who's really the, in many ways, kind of the soul of the film, um, is uh, it would be a great opportunity to do that. And And barring that, it'll be screening all over the country, including across the street, as I said, from where we are today at the Irvine um, town center theaters. Mara Strzok, thank you so much for being a part of film school today. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.